Hey, church, thank you for joining us today online. The church has not stopped gathering. We're just gathering in homes. We're watching online. I want to thank you for your flexibility during this crazy time. I want to thank you for loving each other, for your acts of service that we've seen displayed, for your generosity that we've just been watching over the last week. It's been really exciting to to see that in action. I want to encourage you, uh, as Keith did earlier, to download the West Main app. If you don't have it, you're going to miss out on some important things. Specifically, starting tomorrow on Monday, we're going to be sending out every day a devotional from somebody in our church just to kind of help us all stay connected, make sure we're all on the same page, and to help you get through your day with some some positive and some encouraging thoughts and some scriptures for you to bank on for the day. Today, I'm going to be very brief. Um, I hope you'll use this time as a family, as a couple, as a circle group, small group, whoever you've gathered with. I hope you'll use this time um, at the end to discuss further, to pray together. Maybe you even want to celebrate communion together as a group. I think that's a great idea. Um, You are doing today exactly what the early church did um, when the church first got started. Uh, For about 400 years, the church didn't have a building, the church didn't have a budget, the church didn't have sanctuaries, the church didn't have a Sunday school class. For about 400 years, the only thing the church had was each other and their homes. And so you can see all throughout Scripture, the church gathering from home to home to home, and that's what you're doing today. You are tapping into an ancient, ancient tradition of Jesus followers gathering in homes to worship Jesus. And we're actually going to look at, from the book of Acts, one of the very first church gatherings in someone's home. Uh, it's a very interesting story to me. It's one of my favorites in the New, in the New Testament. Um, this was just a few weeks after Jesus was killed and buried, and then he raised himself from the dead, and uh, the church had kind of been uh, begun to be persecuted, and people were arresting church members and Jesus followers. So everyone was on high alert. It was a time of high alertness for anyone who followed Jesus because the government had just killed their leader and now the government was looking for them. Um, One day, two guys you've probably heard of, a guy named Peter and a guy named John, got themselves into some trouble. See, uh, they weren't hiding from the government. They weren't hiding from the people who wanted to arrest them and kill them. They were out in public and they were talking about Jesus and they got in trouble. They got arrested. They spent a night in jail uh, the next day, there was a special call business meeting, and all the, the, the leaders of the organization, the government, the, the church at the time, not the church, but the, the religious establishment met, and uh, they addressed Peter and John, and eventually they came to the tough decision, we have to let them go. So they let Peter and John go free, and Dr. Luke records for us what happens next, and we're going to look at it here in just a second, but before we do, I want you to remember a couple things. These were real people. Peter and John and Luke and the guys we're about to read about, they were real people. These are not stories. These are not made-up stories. This is an actual, first-hand, eyewitness account of an historical event. Um, These people we're about to read about were living in unprecedented times, and their future was completely uncertain. They were literally in the middle of a national crisis that was affecting every decision that they made. Does that sound familiar to you? Something you can relate to? With that in mind, here's what happened when Peter and John were released from jail. Acts chapter 4, verse 23, if you're following along. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer. The first thing they did, 
the very first thing they did was they prayed together as a church. They, they paused and they prayed. And that's important, but for, for us today, what's even more important is the words that they used in their prayers. Because the words we use are important. They carry weight. Words are important. The words that we use when we pray reveal our priorities. The words that we use when we pray reveal what's in the deepest part of our hearts. I want you to hear what the church prayed. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, and you said, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. So they remembered the past. They remembered what God had already done. And then they prayed a very, very specific, scary prayer. They specifically prayed about their current situation and about their future that was ahead of them. And here's what they prayed. Don't miss this. This is crazy. Here's what they prayed. And now, O Lord, hear their hearts and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. I want to read that again, because it doesn't sound like the prayers that I pray. Now, Lord, hear their hearts, give to us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. It was the boldness of preaching the word that got them thrown in jail in the first place, and now they're asking for more. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I think it's important that we stop here and we note what they did not pray. They did not pray, oh God, keep us safe. Oh God, keep us secure. Oh God, please let my 401k remain a 401k. Oh God, uh, please, please have travel mercies for us, whatever those are. That's not what they prayed. They didn't pray like we pray. They prayed for boldness. The, the scripture says great boldness. They prayed for increasing indescribable boldness to make sure that their community heard about Jesus. That was their prayer. They wanted great boldness to make sure that everyone in their community knew what Jesus had done for them and knew what Jesus wanted to do in the future for them. One thing a crisis always does, a crisis always reveals who is playing church and who is being the church. These people weren't playing. They, they weren't checking off religious boxes. They weren't showing up to impress somebody, to make sure somebody saw them at church. They weren't going through the motions. These people were being the church and it's going to become very clear to our community in the days and weeks during this crisis. It's going to become very clear to our community 
who's playing church and who is the church. Who's checking religious boxes and who's just showing up so they get seen and who's being the hands and feet of Jesus. Who's caring for their neighbors. Who's living generously. A crisis will reveal all these things. And I think it's an important question for all of us to consider today. Am I just playing church? Am I just a Christian because it's convenient? Or am I being the church? Am I making sure that I use this crisis as an opportunity for people to see Jesus in the way I live? Then Luke tells us what happened after they prayed. I love that Luke records this for us. After they prayed, after this prayer, Luke says, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. They did what they just asked God to give them the strength to do. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. There's a lot I would love to talk about, but I just want us to land on this one thing today. I want us to land on this one thought. This crisis is our opportunity. This crisis in our nation is an opportunity for us as Jesus followers to follow the example of those who came before us. We could be afraid. We can panic. We can isolate ourselves. We can hoard our money and hoard our stuff. We can live in fear. We can live in anxiety or we can follow the example of that first church in the book of Acts. See, I don't think we should stop praying for the things we're already praying for. I don't think we should stop praying that God would keep us safe. And we, you shouldn't stop praying that God would keep you healthy. You shouldn't stop praying those things. I think you, could, you should continue to pray those prayers because you're important to God and your needs are important to God. But I want to ask you to just think in your mind and maybe with your soul to imagine what it would look like if Jesus' followers just added this prayer to what we're already praying, what if we added this one prayer? God, give us the boldness to use this crisis to point people to you. What if we added that to our prayers? What if your group added that to your regular prayers? What if your family added that to, their, to your daily prayers? I wonder what God might do in this community if just the people who are watching this video would add to their regular prayer time this prayer, God, please give us the boldness to use this crisis to point people to Jesus. See, five years from now, ten years from now, this whole coronavirus crisis is just going to be a story that we tell. It's just going to be a story we tell our kids or our grandkids, our friends, our neighbors. And the question is, what story do you want to tell? What's the story that you want to tell your kids or your grandkids or your friends five years, ten years, twenty years from now when you talk about the season in, in the life of our country when we were faced with a declining economy and oil prices were gone and everybody was getting sick and everybody had to stay at home, self-quarantined? What's the story you want to tell? See, you will determine the story you'll tell with the decisions you make today and tomorrow and the next day.
Will your story be one of fear, anxiety, anger, panic, hoarding? Or will your story be like the story we just read? Would somebody be able to to tell your story and say, let's live like them? They lived with faith. And when things looked bad, they were just doing good. When, When things looked meager, they were giving. They were generous. They were just living by faith. What story do you want to tell? Determine that today. And then take the steps today to make sure you can tell that story. Now, here's what we're going to do next. I'm going to pray for us in just a second. After I pray, there will be a screen um, pop up on your computer or TV or whatever you're watching this on, and it's going to have some talk it over questions. And my encouragement to you is whether it's just you and your spouse or you and your child or maybe it's your whole home group or your family, I want to encourage you to just take a few minutes and genuinely discuss these questions. Uh, heartfelt discussion about these questions. You have to push pause so you can keep them up on your screen. That's fine. But I want to encourage you to take the time to answer those questions. And I would love to hear your responses as a group. You you can call me or text me and just kind of tell me your responses to those. I'd love to hear those. It'd be encouraging. So I want to pray for you. And then you push pause and you answer these questions with your group. Let's pray together. And now, Lord God, I just want to ask what those people who followed you before me, asked, give us boldness to use this crisis to tell people about you. May the lives we live, the decisions that we make, may the things we do from this moment on point people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.